0: Welcome back to the Physicians Helping Physicians podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Michelle Mudge Riley. I changed careers back in the early 2000s and I found it very difficult. So I made it my mission at that point to help other physicians who were looking to figure out a career transition or what to do to diversify their career with a side gig or multiple different small careers. Today, we have a really cool guest, Dr. Jen Tang, who's gonna tell us all about what she's doing and has done in her career, as well as her side gig. So let me just give it up to you, Jen. Um, Give us a little bit of information about your background
1: and and what you're doing. Sure, Michelle. Thank you so much for having me on here today. This is really exciting. Um, So my background is, um, I did my undergrad and med school at Cornell. Um, and I did my residency at Robert Woods so my husband and I are both from New Jersey and um, that's where we wanted to be. I am trained in internal medicine um, and also a few years after residency I trained in acupuncture at Harvard Medical School.
0: Wow oh my gosh that is super cool what made you pick that program and get Mm -hmm. interested in acupuncture?
1: Well, you know, it's interesting. I have always been interested in alternative methods and the holistic view of patients. Um, So I actually did, um, in my medical school, an elective on acupuncture, and we went up to the Bronx and did points on the ear for people who were being treated for opioid addiction, And I heard some really amazing testimonials about how they had been in and out of rehab centers and this was the only thing that consistently worked for them. So I was really blown away by their testimonials and I decided that, you know, once my life settled down and I had the chance to after residency that I would want to get trained in acupuncture as well.
0: Wow. Okay. So you finished residency and then did you go straight into that program?
1: No, I took some time to um, make my family. <laughs> um, I have three boys who are adopted from Taiwan, so I sort of did that in between.
0: <laughs> wow. Oh, my gosh. That is a full-time job in and of itself. <laughs> wow. Yes. Okay. So so you, you took some time off. Did you practice during that time when you were raising your boys?
1: Yes. Um, I actually started off right after residency, went into a small group private practice with a couple other internists.
0: Gotcha. Okay. And so you practiced really traditionally for a while, it sounds like.
1: I did. And, you know, I think that was appropriate for me at the time when I was a young adult. And um, when, you know, before I was so established um, with my family, but um, what I found was that uh, after some time, the toll of running my private practice um, was, was somewhat of a burden, especially um, you know, the fact that when you run a business, you have to be thinking about it 24-7, and I often brought work home with me um, and wasn't around as much uh, for my kids. And also, I think, you know, once you have children, you want a little more of a stable, predictable income, um, which was not the case when I was in private practice.
0: Yeah, I can definitely empathize, yeah. So I have one child, not three, and I know three would be much, much harder. Um, But (laughs) yeah, it's still hard with just one. In fact, I got a call from the school today. So yeah, I I definitely get it. (laughs) Oh, boy. I know. You another- dread those
1: calls, right? <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, I know, exactly. Um, okay, so you decided to take some time off. Is that what kind of motivated you towards the acupuncture program, and, and what did you do with it?
1: Well, actually, I didn't take time off. I, I did, um, I worked at the same time as I studied acupuncture, so it was a uh, course specifically designed for physicians and I was able to do a lot of the coursework online with uh that's then some weekend practicals where I would travel up to the Boston area um to you know first practice on each other (laughs) and then practice on volunteer patients
0: wow that is super cool um would you mind if we posted a link to that program
1: um I am not sure if that program is still um available right now, but, uh, I, I will find out.
0: Wow. Okay. Well, that's too bad. It sounds really cool. And I'm sure most of our listeners, um, or some of them at least would be very interested in that program. Um, so did that set you up then for another type of practice or did you join a functional integrative practice? What, what became of your education after
1: doing that? Um, so I had continued in my private practice and integrated my acupuncture into my uh, medical services, which I was surprisingly enough, um, patients and a fellow, you know, physicians were very open-minded about, it and they really loved it. And I left it because it allowed me to um, provide something else for patients where, um, you know, for example, sometimes, Uh, there is not a good solution with Western medicine. Sometimes we say we don't know what the cause is or we don't, you know, the treatments aren't working and I'm sorry we don't have something for you and I know I'm sure a lot of people listening have been in that frustrating situation either from the patient end of things or from the physician end of things because when you're a physician and you can't provide a good solution that's frustrating as well and so I really enjoyed that the acupuncture gave me something else that I could offer to patients um, in, in cases where Western medicine didn't have a good answer or even in conjunction with Western medicine
0: oh yeah i love that i i certainly agree i know i've had that experience myself just as a physician and as a patient um so that's really neat that you did something about it and you found a way to help people um maybe a little bit more than you felt like you could with just traditional clinical medicine um so tell me a little bit more then about how your career continued to evolve i know you started doing some some wellness visits but that may not have been right away after Uh, Your acupuncture training?
1: Right. So as I, you know, said before, with time, I started to um, feel that I needed a a different type of lifestyle in which my income was more predictable and that I wasn't spending so many hours um, tied to the business. And I really wanted to have more time with my family. So I made the decision to become a hospital employee, uh, working at a you know, office an outpatient office that was owned by a hospital, and um, you know, at first I appreciated things like having paid time off, which you don't get when you're your own boss, or having somebody else to fix the computers, which was my job, being that I was the youngest of the four partners. <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, but over time, I started to notice a trend, and I don't think it was specific to the hospital that I was at. I think this is unfortunately a country-wide trend uh, based on talking to other doctors in other parts of the country, that the focus started to become more on the bottom line, more about how can we make more money um, rather than really focusing on the quality of patient care.
0: Yeah, I know that is something that's talked about almost every day in the news and within our professional circles. Yeah. So um, as you started to experience that a little bit more, um, tell me what your thought process was and and how you started to think about your career and where you might be in five years.
1: Yeah. So You know, I started to get really frustrated because I felt this daily pressure to, you know, see patients as quickly as possible, uh, you know, even being rated by how many procedures we ordered, and and we were getting these report cards. Um, And I just felt that, I felt so resentful, to be honest, that I was being financially penalized for what I felt was giving better care. You know, I really pride myself on spending time with patients to educate them um, and collaborate with them on their care. And I felt that that was really um, being penalized. Um, You know, at the same time, uh, you know, while I (laughs) I had other interests, for example, I was also working on the side as a fitness instructor, but that certainly doesn't pay the bills. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, Um, yeah. I mean, that's something that I really enjoyed, but that wasn't something that I could support my family with by any means.
0: (laughs) Yeah, unfortunately, I know a lot of people wish they could. Yeah. Sorry, keep going.
1: Um, So I really started to wonder, to be honest, I, I came to a really tough Place because I really started to wonder, did I choose the right profession? Because everywhere I, I felt like I had been in the private practice setting, and I knew the limitations there. And now, as a hospital employee, I was finding um, different sort of limitations that were very um, hard, hard on my spirit. To be honest, I was losing my joy of practicing medicine, and um, I really didn't know what other options there were out there for me. But at the same time, I really felt that this is my calling and I I feel like I am meant to help others and take care of patients. So I was not willing to be defeated and I went looking for uh, some other way. Um, And for me, that way uh, turned out to be doing a side gig, started off, I guess, as a side gig, now it's more my main gig (laughs) um, of doing, um, having a global skincare business partnering with Rodan and Fields. Oh,
0: wow. Okay. So I've heard a little bit about this from other people. Um, Can you kind of debunk the junk for us on this and tell us, because some people just hear that and they might think, Oh, this is just another multi-level marketing thing. Tell me why you've chosen it and, and why you feel like it's been a good fit for you.
1: Sure. Absolutely. Um, you know, I don't blame other people for having these misconceptions because to be honest, before I got involved with it, I did not understand anything about this company. I thought it was not for professional women like me. I thought it was for, you know, stay at home moms. Like, you know, you have that image of the the housewife in their 50s bringing Tupperware to other people's Yeah, houses. that's what I thought it was. And I really did, had no clue also. Um, but, you know, I i guess the thing is that I trusted my friend who told me about it. And so I was willing to listen to her with an open mind. Um, I was also extremely desperate for a solution to my situation. <laughs> um, <Yeah. laughs> so I think the main things that stood out to me about this company um, were, one, that these are doctors Rodan and Fields? They are Stanford-trained dermatologists who created Proactive. And so almost everyone has heard of Proactive, even if they don't know who doctors Rodan and Fields are. And so they already have a reputation as successful entrepreneurs around the globe. Um, and you know, the the company started off in a very traditional way in high-end department stores. Um, They actually were a number one seller at Nordstrom, where they were partnered with Estee Lauder. Um, But the doctors bought the shares back from them because they actually started to see um, that people were changing the way they buy things, and people were starting to buy online and use social media to get the recommendations of their friends. And so in 2008, they made an intentional business decision to changed the way they do business to this, you know, direct sales model. And now instead of paying millions of dollars for advertising, they um, allow brand ambassadors like myself to earn commission. Um, And it turned out to be a successful idea because in, in, that was in 2008 and eight. And now we are the number one skincare brand in North America. So I guess, I mean, the numbers honestly speak for themselves. (laughs) Wow. So
0: tell the listeners, talk a little bit about what your day-to-day life is like doing this work. Is it calling people that you don't know, or is it asking your friends and family to buy from you? I think that's one of the biggest... Mm -hmm misconceptions or I don't I don't even know if it's a misconception because I I don't know much about this so tell us a little bit more
1: well you know I think that the what I love about this business is that it's a business based on relationships and the way that I approach my business is very similar to the way I approach medicine which is that I always try to have the best interests of the other person in mind. I try to um, really have in mind how I can serve them. So tell me what a typical day is like for you. Oh, good question. Okay, well, I guess the simple answer to that question is that I'm having conversations and these conversations can be in many different ways. Um, They can be in person, they can be on the phone, Uh, text message, Facebook Messenger, or emails. Um, So, you know, there's a lot of flexibility in how I form my day based on um, whether I'm having in-person meetings or whether I'm just doing things from my phone or my computer. Um, But I think that almost everyone who starts this business has this um, first, this, this hesitancy, like, I don't want to become that icky salesperson that people want to avoid, you know, and I think when we think of that, that person, that person is pushy, they want something from you, they want to sort of, you know, take advantage of you and make money from you. And I will definitely say that if anybody leads their Rodan and Fields business this way, or anybody leads any sort of um, business of this sort in that way, um, that they probably will not be successful. Um, so the way that I look at it is that rather than convincing the person in front of me, I am trying to educate the person in front of me. Um, so, you know, wh- basically what I do is I share with people what we have to offer, what we have to offer through the products and what we have to offer through the business. Um, and, you know, I can share this very genuinely because I've gotten such great benefit from both the products and the business and um, that's what you know of course sparked me to want to be able to do this and I can share that very genuinely and I can be passionate about it but if it's not for the other person that is fine with me and I feel like then I've done my job Um, so in a way I, I find this work to be so much fun because it is about getting to know people and if there is something in their lives that I can help them improve whether it's through the products and helping with their confidence and going out with no makeup on or whether it's through the business, helping them grow something successfully so that they can have more time to spend with their kids or more money to go on trips or whatever it is that they want, um, then that's wonderful. But the way I look at it as worst case scenario, if they have no interest in the Rodan and Fields product or no interest in the Rodan and Fields business, I still made a friend. And to me, that's a win-win situation.
0: Awesome. Yeah. So it sounds like it's really just more about kind of getting to know people. And then if they hear that what you're doing is appealing to them, then you're more apt to be giving them the information or talking to them about it. But it's kind of just like opening the door a little bit to see if there's an interest there. And if not, then great. You guys connect on another level. And, you know, maybe your kids are, you know, both in soccer or something. And then you talk about that or whatever. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but but then if they are interested, then it does let them know that you can be one of those people or resources to give them a little bit more information on their own journey.
1: Did I hear you right? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I And I actually, that's a great analogy, I would say, like opening the door, because what I think of it as, you know, it opens the door and I invite them to come in, but they don't have to come in that door. Um, and I'm not pushing them through that door either. So it's sort of an invitation, as you said. And, you know, I always like to ask people and be respectful, like, are you interested in hearing more about the product? Are you interested in hearing about the business? Because I'm not going to, you know, push all that information on them if that's not something that they want. So yes, I always invite. That's a great yeah. way of thinking of it. So th- I hope that answers your question.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, yeah. So I guess I'm still wondering how would someone get started in this and know if it was for them because you, I know you mentioned this was a side gig and now it's, it's more of a full time thing. Did you start out by making hundreds of calls a day to build up your clientele (laughs) or how did it work?
1: Uh, no, I started this business in May of 2016, and I guess the initial thing is that you know, I I, I started telling people what I was doing, um, and just offering. You know, are you interested in hearing about products or the business? And sure, you get a lot of people saying no, but that's okay, and you have some people saying yes. And the nice thing is that a lot of you get a lot of growth by word of mouth. Um, You know, one of my first customers was my sister-in-law who lives in uh, Denver. Uh, She's an anesthesiologist, so she rotates through many different hospitals. And uh, what was happening is that people started noticing her skin and her lashes, and everyone started asking her, what are you doing? So she referred a bunch of people to me. and you know, and after some time, I said, "Well, why don't you do this yourself too?" And now she <laughs> is a is a big business builder. Um, you know, and here I was in in Princeton, New Jersey, and there she was in Denver. And so now I have a lot of customers and a a big team in Denver. So I think it's nice in that it's yeah, it it starts off maybe with your with your uh, close network. And I think a misconception when you first start is who you think will be interested in this, oftentimes are not the people who end up being interested. So I have learned never to prejudge because you don't know what other people's priorities are. Um, But uh, a lot of, it does spread by word of mouth. And I guess you just have to, you know, allow people to understand that this is what you're offering.
0: Yeah, yeah. So what's the hardest part about doing this?
1: Actually, the hardest part is just what you said. I think the misconceptions about the business, and I think it goes both ways. Um, I would say that, you know, misconceptions being very negative about the business, um, that this is, you know, some sort of pyramid scheme, which is kind of, I don't know if people know what a pyramid scheme is, but it's illegal. And, you know, we certainly wouldn't have been a billion dollar brand or featured in, you know, Forbes new york times harvard business review um, if we were a pyramid scheme Um, and i think on the other end of the spectrum is the misconceptions that are too optimistic about the business because i tell everyone you know this is not some get rich quick business um if you are i mean i have plenty of people who love this as truly a side business they treat this as a hobby and they spend you know a very Few hours working in their business and earn a, a, a side income that you know just gives them a little more spending money and that's fine. But if you are a serious business builder, um, I I'm very realistic with people and I say you are going to be underpaid for your efforts in the first few years and then after that you're going to be overpaid for your efforts for the rest of your life if you keep going at it. Um, and that's true. And I like to you know to Set people's expectations up correctly um, because sure it can be really frustrating in the beginning um, when you feel like things are not moving as quickly as you'd like.
0: Yeah that's a really great way to think about it. I like how you looked at both sides there because it's so true. I mean nothing is perfect, there's no perfect job, there's no perfect opportunity, nothing's gonna you know get you rich quick. Um, mm-hmm. so- so that that's really great perspective to give um, So tell me give me some tangibles here. how much can someone make doing this like have you replaced your income?
1: I have not, but I do plan on it and I'm well I can't say but I you know for sure but I'm projecting in the next year I've been doing this business for two years now um, I, and I think that that um, it's very feasible that within, the next year a total of three years in business that I will be replacing my physician income um, and I believe and and, and so the, the to me what's great is it's not a question of if it's a question of when and I've seen so many other physicians before me do it that I know I certainly have the capability of doing it it's just um, a matter of, of time
0: yeah, well, and hard work. It sounds like because this isn't something where you just sit back and um, call your friends and and it grows. This is something you do have to work at,
1: right? And you know what I tell people is that the hardest, you know, it, it is actually pretty simple to open your mouth and and tell people that this you're doing this business and to tell, tell people you you know ask people if they're interested in products or the business. And when people ask me what the hardest part of this business is, I tell them it's it's facing rejection. And it's very hard, I think, for us not to take that personally. Um, but the truth is these products and this business is not going to be for everyone, and that's okay. Um, but you know, if you come out of if you go at your business with a perspective of serving others, you will find the right people who really can benefit from the products and the business, and then your business will thrive
0: yeah that's so true yes yeah. well thanks i really like the authentic perspective you put on this i just i see so much about um different people doing different side gigs like this and i really wanted to get the real scoop on what it was like and so thank you is there anything you'd like to leave the listeners with
1: um i would just say i mean i'm guessing that if you are tuning into this podcast you might be at a crossroads like i was a couple years ago of trying to figure out whether or not um you want to stay in medicine um and i would just encourage people to follow their hearts as cheesy as that might sound i still feel that my calling is to, to be a doctor and i didn't see a way around the obstacles that i had um before, but i wasn't willing to give up on what I feel that my calling and my purpose in this life is, um, and whether or not this type of side gig or something else is right for you, I just want to encourage everyone that i I believe that you can find a way to do it
0: that's great. I love the positivity that's always what i'm uh, trying to promote as well because it is so easy to get negative and so easy to get frustrated as you're trying to figure out what's the right path and so many people have different advice and there's so many different stories out there so um, keeping positive is a great last recommendation for people Um, what are the best resources for someone who might be interested in this and um, if they want to take that next step and get involved what would what would you
1: suggest sure well um to do some general reading on other people's stories and what other people have accomplished in this business. Um, we do have something called a redefine blog. Um, and so it's redefine R E D E F I N E dot Rodan and field.com um, all spelled out, which I guess we can, you can post the link to, I assume, right. Yeah. At a different time. Yeah. And, um, and so that gives some stories of other people who have done this business have been successful to kind of uh get a sense of what other type of people are doing this um and the income disclosure statement is there too so that's to just you know give everyone uh, the full transparent information um but i would say that if you're really truly curious about looking into this to you know feel free to reach out to me or if you have a friend who's doing this um talk to them because um i don't think anything can replace a one-on-one conversation where we address the specific concerns that you have and how this can fit into your individual life. And of course, I'll give you my email address so that people, you know, if people want to email me with questions, they, they can feel free to do that.
0: Yeah. And I'll post that. I'll I'll post a link um, under your bio as well with this podcast. So that sounds great. Jen, thank you so much for taking time out of your day. I know you're so busy as a mom of three and your business and everything else that you do. And I know you recently moved. So thank you <laughs> so much for your time. You're
1: welcome. Thank you so much, Michelle. This has been great.
0: All right. This is another edition of the Physicians Helping Physicians podcast. Thanks for joining us. Tune in next time. See you soon.